Hello, and welcome to the first of what we hope is many school CVU School Counselor podcasts. The CVU School Counselors hope that you find this podcast and the ones that follow helpful as you and your student move through the secondary school process. We hope to bring you timely information about a great number of topics in easily accessible bites. Often our evenings with uh, the school counselors offer a lot of information all at once and for some the feedback we've received is that format can seem overwhelming. We do not like our families feeling overwhelmed and hopefully these episodes are the smaller bites that some of us need. I'm here with Susie Moakley. We're going to do this jointly for the next Hopefully several years, we hope to retire on this. We're gonna be the next, we're gonna be your CVU school counselor click and clacks. Um, and a few uh, pieces of business that, I, that we wanna put out there are just that. We hope to be able to include some links to some important pieces of information related to what we're talking about today in the show notes. So the show note links should be a link to the common application, the senior kickoff video, um, a Common App Solution Center, a link with um, a Bates Admissions Counselor talking about the college essay, as well as a link to the Common App Essay Prompts. So without further ado, let's get into the topic of today, which is the college application process. And we're going to start off with Susie talking to us a little bit about Naviance, a tool that we use here at CVU. Hello, CVU family. It's happy to be here, happy to be with Russ. I'm talking about uh, this this first podcast and um, the application process. So um, your students should all be familiar with Naviance now. It is um, the platform that we use here at CVU to provide information to students and families about um, what colleges might be best appropriate based on their interests um, and criteria, selected criteria, and um, students can use a, um, a super match um, link on that platform to do some searching for colleges. Students can collect, select um, criteria like where they want to be in the country, um, what size of school they want to attend, what majors they might be interested in, um, co-curricular activities, clubs, sports, um, diversity, level of um, competitiveness that that college is, um, and, and how many students they accept per cycle. So lots of opportunities there to use that Supermatch link to get some more information about what schools might be a good fit. Um, Naviance is also the tool that we use in the school counseling office to send school-based documents electronically to schools that students identify that they're applying to. And those documents that we send out are the transcript and letters of recommendation. In addition, we also send a school profile, which gives a basic overview of CVU um, that admissions um, reps can use to get an understanding of our school. Um, it's important now that students are working with their school counselors to make sure that um, they're on Naviance and using Naviance to uh, let us know where students are applying. One of the other things about Naviance really quick is that students were all exposed to Naviance uh, through their writing prose slash writing composition classes. All of the school counselors went into those classes to start a conversation about the essay. We started conversations about how to use the tools within Naviance. So there should be familiarity with the tool and students should all be able to access that tool. 
unless you are a flexible path student and therefore you might not be in the building and have gotten access to that class but hopefully you're connecting with your school counselor and making sure that you get up to speed and we're happy to help with um, with all things Naviance. Moving on to the letters of recommendation. So when we went into those writing prose, writing composition classes, one of the things that we talked to students about was using their their uh, manners in the best possible way for how they ask for those letters of recommendation. So keep in mind that teachers writing letters of recommendation do so outside of their regular classroom responsibilities. They do it on their own time. And we really try hard to make sure that students use pleases and thank yous and all of that stuff uh, when asking and we also really expect students to avoid asking over email. We do suggest that it is okay to send an email to a teacher and say, I'd like to meet with you for five minutes after class today. Do you have time? As a means to set up that conversation, but to always have a face-to-face -face conversation when asking for that letter of recommendation. Russ, sometimes I have students use email when they're thanking their letters of recommender. They yep. often will send them an email and say, thank you so much for taking the time to write me a letter of recommendation. I really appreciate it. And that is a really part, important part of this process. And students will either, can either do that through email or in person. But certainly acceptable to send a thank you via email. Uh, handwritten notes are also good. It's, it's closing that loop and being appreciative is, is always important. So the letters of recommendation, uh, we're going to start with the teachers really should be from teachers who can describe your skills, your accomplishments in the classroom, your work ethic, your personality, classroom-based stuff. Often teachers will have students complete a little short survey around what would you like me to write about, what are some things you would like me to focus on, um, what are some projects in class. They'll ask students for some of that, for some of that feedback, uh, and then they'll they'll focus their letters of recommendation on those on those pieces. Russ, sometimes some of my students will say to me, the more recommendations, the better. What do you think about that? Not, not, not the more, the better. This is clearly a case where more is not better. We had uh, a college rep in here a couple years ago who was adamant that they denied a student for submitting 28 letters of recommendation. Wow. I, I, I contend I don't necessarily know 28 people that I'd want to have write a letter of recommendation for me, but more is not better. It slows the process down. Colleges are very specific about the numbers of letters of recommendation that they want from students. Typically, that is one or two classroom teachers and a letter from a school official, which is a really super unintended but really nice transition into kind of the way CVU operates with the, the school counselor who is connected by house or programmatic choices and a student's advisor. And because we have those two separate pieces, students have a choice. That student's advisor can write a letter of recommendation that can be considered that school official's letter. Really the reason for asking for a school counselor or that advisor letter in this case the CVU case is because that individual really knows that student well over the span of the four years that that student has been in high school. They can really write a nice summary of 
that entire experience versus the teacher who really is just writing about that classroom experience. And one other thing I wanna mention really quick about the letters of rec is often we have students who want only those teachers that they got the best possible grade from to write their letter of recommendation. I myself contend that some of the best letters of recommendation I have read are from teachers for whom a student might have gotten uh, a less than spectacular grade, but that teacher can really speak to that student's level of motivation to be successful, their work ethic, their studiousness, their willingness to push into uncomfortable places. What a college wants to know is that a student is going to be able to transition to be able to transition from high school to college and be able to do all of those things. And so what better way to do it than than a teacher who might not have given the student an A plus, but really has a sense of who that student is as a student, their habits of learning. That's a great point, Russ. Um, Want to move into the Common App? Sure. All right. So we're going to talk briefly about the Common Application. This is another platform that um, your students are familiar with if they're applying to um, colleges and universities. Um, this is a platform where students go on and create an account, and it's a very user-friendly platform that is designed to streamline essential parts of the admissions process for students to make it easier and create um, just one system for applying to multiple schools. So um, most, the overwhelming majority of schools in the United States and many schools outside of the United States accept the Common App as the primary um, application tool for applying to colleges. So again, students would create an account and then they would add schools to um, the Common App that they're applying to. And then I'm gonna have Russ jump into certain elements of the Common App that we'll run through fairly quickly. So yeah, there are over a thousand schools that are member schools with the Common Application. Um, and some of the important components to the Common Application, for which you can find a link in, in the show notes, um, would be uh, agreeing to and signing the FERPA agreement, which is essentially a set of federal guidelines which prevents your friendly school counselors and CVU from releasing private student information without that student or family's permission. So your transcripts, I can't send transcripts without permission. I can't send letters of recommendation without permission. If a college has a question about a course you took or a grade you earned, I can't talk about that without your permission. So you have to sign that FERPA release and your school counselors can help you do that. I always tell my students what FERPA stands for, but then I tell them that they don't have to remember. But basically, it is the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act. It's a law that protects your educational documents. So the first section that shows up in the Common App is the profile section. Super easy, straightforward, probably going to take you less than 10 minutes to complete. The next section that shows up might take a little bit longer. This is the family section. And it requires you to really parse out some very specific information about your family. So it asks general information about parents and siblings, but then it's going to get pretty specific about where your parents went to school, what year did they graduate, what was their major, what's their job application. So this is one section where the school counselors are happy to help, but often where I defer to a student sitting down with their parents and having them work together to fill out this section. Again, not a huge 
time commitment, probably less than 20 minutes, but definitely one that requires uh, a parent because I don't know when their parents graduated from college or and even if they went to college. And it's a great opportunity for you to spend 20 minutes with your student because I, I have a teenager and I don't know the last time that my teenager sat with me for 20 minutes and talked with me. So this is a great opportunity to sit down, work on something together and get the information in there. And you know what? Your student might learn something about you in the process. So the education section. So this section really is done uh, in conjunction with the school counselor. Really f some, some basic information about CVU doesn't take long to do, but it's gonna ask students to identify CVU as their, their high school, any honors that they may have received, any dual enrollment courses that they may have received, uh, and then their grades. So some answers to the questions around um, the 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 GPA system is a 4.0. Um, the student's GPA is unweighted and CVU does not rank. The other section that takes some time for students is really the section about courses because it is going to ask students to list all of the courses that they have taken during their senior year. It will not ask students or generally does not ask students to self-report their entire transcript really just the courses that they're taking in senior year and when they are taking them. And occasionally we get a school that asks for the whole the whole shebang, but um, it's not often. And okay. we're back after a little brief interlude to work with some students. And we're going to talk about testing. And we're going to keep this part of the Common App brief because the good news, COVID silver lining, is the testing is optional at the overwhelming majority of schools in the country and abroad. So um, in terms of testing, students can opt to self-report test scores to colleges in this section of the Common App, um, and they can do that if they are choosing to send their test scores to colleges. There will be a follow-up step, though. Um, students will need to um, then go in, in and um, communicate with the ACT.org or collegeboard.org to send official ACT or SAT scores to colleges and that is a process that happens through those websites and is a, um, a process that does cost a little bit of money. In a timely article um, <clears throat> that was on WCAX this week, we had our own Moses Murphy from UVM talk about um, the holistic approach to reviewing applications and um, how admissions representatives use the approach um, to identify a best fit for um, college admissions and that sending in test, not sending in test scores or choosing not to submit tests is in no way a disadvantage to a student if they choose that um, option. And Susie, UVM is committed to, I believe I also said in that article, to going until 20, going test optional until 2026. And that gives them a window to review some freshmen that have come in under that more holistic approach, see if they've been successful and see whether or not uh, if this is a policy they want to continue forever being test optional. But you are correct, and the, uh, Colorado, the California state system has agreed to go test optional indefinitely for now, and other um, competitive schools like Middlebury, Harvard, they are also currently test optional and, and um, you know, spreading that out for the foreseeable future yep. to do some, uh, some research. Yep. All righty. So the activity section. So this is a little complicated, but it's complicated for one very specific reason. So in this, in this section, 
students can talk about activities they've been engaged in while they have been in high school. Everything from CVU sports, CVU clubs, CVU drama, those kinds of things, um, drama and theater, chorus, band, all of those kinds of things, but also outside of CVU activities, whether it's a club sport, whether it is a volunteer um, activity that a student is doing or a job that they are engaged in. So what we advise students to do is to rank the activities in this section based on most current to least current and in order of importance to themselves. But one of the biggest pieces in this section is when you get a chance to describe your activity, you're describing it in 150 characters. So everywhere else on the Common App, it's asking you to do things in a certain number of words. But in this one particular section, it's asking you to do it in characters. I just make sure that my students are aware of that because we can all tend to be wordy, including in podcasts like this one. And in this case, it's really important to limit your number of characters to those that are most relevant and specific to what you've done. I'm moving on to writing. I call this the procrastination section because many students get a little tripped up in this section polishing up their essay. The good news is many students have drafted an essay in a CVU writing class, um, whether they've taken practical writing or writing prose. Um, many students have an essay drafted. They can choose to use this essay or they can scrap it and start over. Um, this is supposed to be an authentic piece. Really, um, some of the most simplest topics are the best. Um, students should just free flow write um, 650 words or less, and that is a hard and fast rule. There are seven prompts in the Common App, the last one being a open-ended prompt. So students should take a look at those, um, either use what they have or, uh, or choose to um, you know, start again. Um, again, really important, um, this is a very important part of the Common App, and it's really important that your students have at least one or two sets of eyes on it besides a student. Editing is really crucial here. And in the show notes, there's a link to this uh, YouTube video by a Bates College admissions rep who really speaks to what the essay, what he's looking for in an essay, which really is an essay about something that doesn't, does not come across elsewhere in a student's application. So some of the best essays that I have read have been about seemingly nothing, uh, but it, a student who organized, how they organize the books in their room. Uh, do, are they organizing them by author, by uh, series, or are they organizing them in this one particular case by which main characters they think would be friends and then citing examples and giving reasons why Flowers for Algernon and Winnie the Pooh are, are next to each other on their shelves. So it's just a window into who the student is, how they think, and it's relating something about that student that's not um, discovered elsewhere on a student's application. And lastly, the school-specific questions and writing. So every single school that you add to the Common App will have some school-specific questions that they need you to answer. Questions like, what is your application deadline? Questions like, what are you choosing to, to study in this, in this uh, institution? Your majors? Uh, are you going to play any sports? Are you going to be uh, submitting your test scores? Or are you going to be test optional as an applicant? And are you applying regular decision, early action, or early decision? 
Russ, sometimes some of my students um, who are procrastinators and are waiting till the half hour before the deadline um, will get to this section and realize that those questions take some thought, that they are, some of them are short essays. So don't save those for the last second. Really look at those questions ahead of time and you could be thoughtful in those. One of the most common questions is why UVM or why Castleton University or why Boston University? And students should really be thoughtful in those answers, do some research, and, and think ahead. And make sure that uh, you are not copying and pasting your Why Boston University essay into the Why Northeastern essay and not changing the names of the schools. That's, a, that's a, something we've seen and something we try and catch before it happens, but it's one of those pieces that we need to be paying attention to when we're, when we're taking care of the, the Common App. And lastly uh, comes the review and submit portion of the Common Application where you get a chance to, to print a PDF to your screen and look at what your final application will look like in a, in a printed form for that admissions rep. You can check to make sure your, uh, your paragraphs are either indented or not. You can check to make sure that your short answer, your 150 character responses in the activity section fits correctly, looks the way you want it to look. It's just a last minute kind of look at what your application is going to be presented like. And if you don't like it, close out of it, go back and fix errors. And again, these are all things that your students can sit down with their house counselor, Susie, Rye, any of us down here uh, can help with uh, helping students edit to make sure it's as clean and polished as it needs to be before submission. Yeah, I would add that the Common App is pretty intuitive and it won't let you move through a section without completing others. Um, you do get a nice green check mark next to, next to a, session, a section when it's complete, which is quite satisfying to have that green check. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's about sitting down maybe an hour or two a week for a few weeks and then tying it up in a bow with a review and a submit. And the confetti that happens after you press submit is really nice. You can, you can actually do it more than once. You celebrate yeah. and you pop confetti for 10 minutes. All right, Susie, thank you. We're, we're running way longer than we had hoped, but we think that the information around the Common App is timely and it's important. And we hope to be back with you next week on a new topic to be determined and hope that you enjoyed it. Please feel free to send us feedback and we'll see you soon. Over and out.